Today, we are headed to Indy. Not really. Just kind of like talking about Indy. Not really headed there, but it sounds good. Uh, we're headed to Indy to finish off the AFC South. Day eight of the heat wave is the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, don't forget, we are brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Everything you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. Every stat you need. We got graphs. We got a who to draft tool coming coming back very very soon and so much so much more and it's all made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash brodo fantasy make sure you come over and support the show if you are listening right now we would really appreciate it for as little as three dollars a month you get so much extra from the show not only the free episodes that we put uh, out there but also extra episodes we have leagues that we play in we have discord access uh, where you can ask you can basically access us and the amazing community that we have at any time uh, of the day and to give you fantasy advice, you got a trade It's on the horizon. You want to hit us up in the discord, go ahead and do it Add us. We'll be there and we'll let you know uh, if you should do it or not. We've done that a hundred times and I feel like they've all worked out. I'm going to say they've all worked out. That's That's what, that's, that's what I'm going with. All right. All right. That's what it is. Let's get it started. Let's get it started before they know it, before they, before they find out. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. The AFC South coming to a close. If you want to check out the shiny bald head that I have right now, see that light just glistening right into the screen. Um, you could see that on youtube.com slash broader fantasy. And not only can you see that, you could see the Jokic hat. Last episode, we had the Murray hat oh, wait. on Matt. And, of course, Mr. Penguin himself, Mr. Michael. Sit. Look, guys, let's let's get it. You know, look, this is the uh, the last of the AFC, AFC South. And I'm not going to lie. I just kind of want to get into it this time around. Let's get into this, um, this offensive outlook because we have a completely new situation. Don't forget, last year, Jeff Saturday, out of nowhere, went from ESPN to head coach of the Colts in one of the oddest things in the history of, of football, um, replacing Frank Reich. Um, and now, you know, it's Frank Reich is the head coach at Carolina. Jeff Saturday is probably going to be back at ESPN. And coming into the head coaching spot is Shane Steichen, uh, currently 38 years old, so another young coaching hire. It is his first year as the Colts uh, head coach, and he was most recently the offensive coordinator for, of course, the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl runner-up, Philadelphia Eagles. He helped lead the Eagles to a 14-3 record and an NFC division title last year. Uh, Steichen entered the year, the league, excuse me, in 2011, 24 years old. Uh, known as a whiz kid, he became a defensive assistant for the Chargers before bouncing around to multiple positions for the Browns and winding up back with the Chargers from 2014 to 2020 as an offensive assistant, quarterbacks coach, interim offensive coordinator, and eventually offensive coordinator, uh, sparking that breakout from Phillip Rivers uh, towards the end of the career. He signed on as offensive coordinator with the Eagles in 2020, um, and that was the year of, uh, of the, uh, what's that, why is it their head coach escaping me right now? The, the Philly head coach, um, but oh, that was the same year he came over. No, the Philly head coach. Oh, um, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, Steigen turned around a bottoming offense. He brought Jalen Hurts and company to the unforeseeable heights and success that they had in 2022. Second in scoring at 29.1 points per game. Uh, only 
0.01 points behind the Chiefs, who ended up beating them in the Super Bowl. Uh, Steichen carries a detailed understanding of the quarterback development. Um, very effective RPO philosophy, which is going to help a quarterback that we're just going to be talking about. Uh, he, One of his quotes says, my philosophy is we're going to throw to score points in this league and run to win. Um, last year, the 2022 offense for the Eagles, 24th in pass percentage. I'm sorry, for uh, for the Colts. Uh, let's not even talk about it because it doesn't matter. Um, their new offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Michael, he's back, baby. The best name in the game, the Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, 15 years of NFL experience despite being only 39 years old, beginning his co coaching tenure with the Colts. In 2009, he was an offensive assistant. Young-ass coaching staff. Uh, spent time with the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Jet, the Lions, the Jets, the Eagles, the Jaguars, serving in a whole bunch of capacities. Um, he linked up with Steichen Stike, in 2021, and he was serving as an offensive consultant. Most recently served as the passing game coordinator for the Jaguars, helping former uh, head coach Doug Peterson develop Trevor Lawrence into a star quarterback. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter brings another voice and a deep understanding of the quarterback position to a team with a rookie quarterback. All right. Their offensive additions on the player side, uh, quarterback Gardner Minshew, who many think might actually start the year in one of those, you know, we're going to start this guy for two weeks and then Anthony Richardson is going to take over kind of deals. Uh, wide receiver Bashad Perriman, you know. He, uh, rookie wide receiver Josh Downs and rookie running back Evan Hall. Their subtractions, wide receiver Paris Campbell and some major losses on defense that, uh, you know, should as help out uh, the offensive side because the more points you give up, the more you got to run it and throw it with this guy. We're going to start with the quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson. Now, I have the I have the quarterback in this one. And, and, you know, Anthony Richardson is a guy who, if I wasn't an analyst, like, looking, like, I would not even waste my time um, on him because this is my philosophy. I don't like banking on things that have never happened before or are extremely rare. And there's a lot of hype around how, like the narrative, official narrative is when you have a young quarterback who can run, their legs are going to make up for the pass. They're not great passers, right? And to an extent, that's true. But we're talking about rookie season. So unless you're one of the greats of all time. Like Kyler Murray. Yes, like Kyler Murray. Not even Kyler Murray. Because let's let's get uh, – let me give you some stats here because Kyler Murray kind of exceeds what I'm expecting out of Richardson in, in terms of passing, right? So Richardson has only had one season as a starting quarterback, and he averaged 212 yards per game um, passing in that season. So let's use 212 yards as kind of like a barometer. And, and when you're talking about 212 yards a game – you're talking about ending the year with about 3,800 yards, which I don't think is a bad projection for a rookie quarterback. I think 3,800 yards is a – if he throws for 3,800 yards, it's a successful season. Would you guys agree with that or no? Absolutely. There's a 0% chance he throws for 3,800 exactly. yards. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm being very, like, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And when you give them the benefit of the doubt, there's only three rookie running backs to have her have over 17 fantasy points per game. And 17 fantasy points per game from a quarterback is not a high barter to ex like expect them to you want over 20 points a game for your quarterback. 17 fantasy points per game is not is just maybe cracking QB1, maybe not. So I'm not even giving him a high ceiling here. 
because there's only been three rookie quarterbacks ever to have over 17 fantasy points per game while throwing for less than 212 yards per game. RG3, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton. And also, I should say, uh, but I didn't include him, Justin Herbert, because Justin Herbert did it by being ridiculously uh, efficient in throwing touchdowns. So he did it in the air. So I'm not counting him. But these three guys did it with their legs. RG3, Deshaun Watson, and Cam Newton, three of arguably the best running quarterbacks ever, particularly the best running rookies ever. These are the best ones ever. So if Richardson is one of the best rookie running quarterbacks ever, then okay, it's going to work out drafting him. But, you know, why would you do that to yourself? You know, like, why would you, why would you bank on that? Uh, it's possible, but you're taking a huge risk unless he's Cam Newton. And, you know, all three of those players that I mentioned were way more prolific in college than Anthony Richardson was. Anthony Richardson was not as good as, even though Deshaun Watson got, got picked later, it's just that it was just, even back then, just a different time. RG3 was the second overall pick, so he got drafted earlier. Cam Newton was the number one overall pick. These guys were high, more highly regarded prospects and with much better pedigree than Anthony Richardson had in pro. You can, you can argue whether Deshaun Watson was a higher-rated prospect than Anthony Richardson because of where they ended up being drafted, but you can't argue that he was way more prolific in college. And, you know, unless he's, unless he's Cam Newton, who is the only person who only had one year of college starting before he came into the league, but the only reason why that's the case is because he punted his junior year when he transferred to Auburn. So it's like, I, I have a hard time believing that Anthony Richardson is going to return starting ADP. And right now, that's where he's going. He's going in the, just outside the top 10, top 10 or 11 quarterbacks. I cannot justify that. That is a pure hype machine. You, if, that's the way you lose in fantasy, by having by starting the season with Anthony Richardson as your starting quarterback. Yeah, I don't disagree. He'd be an extreme outlier to enter the league this year and just be a super competent quarterback like this early on from what he showed in a in his collegiate performances throughout the last couple of years. Yeah. And I, as far as like the, the prospect profiles, obviously Anthony Richardson is also the most inaccurate quarterback in the history of the NFL draft to be drafted in the top five. Like what happens if he comes out throwing like Malik Willis did last year as a rookie who had some high. <laughs> There's a really, I, I mean, I understand like, you know, obviously I, I'm going to trust the NFL's eyes over mine and, and they see everything in Anthony Richardson or at least one franchise did, but it's, for me, it, it really is going to have to come down to he's going to have to put up Justin Fields. And then you have to think about this, man. He's going to have to put up what Justin Fields' number is, literally breaking the rushing record, not the rookie rushing record, breaking the rushing record overall, still not reaching three or 3,800 yards, and then still only being a QB7 in points per game. And the gap between Fields and Jalen Hurts was six points per game. Wild. So that's what we're talking about here. Like the, you're going for upside, all upside with Anthony Richardson as the QB 11 off the board. And that upside just doesn't exist at that height in redraft. No, I mean, don't draft him is my opinion. And I, I could be really wrong, but I'm a, you know, that's like, yeah, it's, it's like putting a hundred on, on, on like a, a roulette wheel. Um, it, like, yeah, it's a one in on black. <laughs> you got a one in 36 chance. I feel like yeah. it's like this, a, this hits. 
Trey Lance was being drafted as a top 10 quarterback his rookie this season is, as well. It's very similar. I mean, obviously, Trey Lance had some bad luck with the finger injury, but it is still very similar. And, and as big of a Trey Lance fan as I was, it never made sense for redraft leagues to be putting him at these heights. He and also he, had he way better surrounding. I was going to say, you're talking about a guy who had yeah, one of the best you, offensive right. lines in the but league, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Even then, though, even at that point, it was like I remember even tweeting out now that we're going to it, it was like that's you should have j- just draft Justin Fields instead because it's way cheaper and it's the exact same thing, even with the supporting cast. Like it's you're going for all rushing upside with quarterbacks like this that are completely unproven passers. You're going for all rushing upside and the gap that it takes from just a pure rusher to actually reach that top three, top four where they are a game changer, you know, like. Part of the reason that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is because he adds 400 rushing yards and six touchdowns that, no, that nobody talks about a season. Yep. Right? Like, so anyway, it, it, it's a huge gap. You need the passing on top of it. Otherwise, you're just another asset. All right. Let's get into oh, Matt. Uh, I think he's probably having uh, there. He is. Uh, let's get into these running backs. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's get into these running backs. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, I, I got pretty fired up about Anthony Richardson, and I'm going to get fired up again about Jonathan Taylor because I'm just not – I'm not into Jonathan Taylor anymore. Like, I mean, I kind of should say I never really was. Obviously, as a rookie, I was pretty enamored. Um, and, and after that rookie season, he had an RB1 overall season, but it was also one of the worst <laughs> RB1 overall seasons ever. Like, his his RB1 season in 2021, he posted averages of 21.9, which would have been the lowest RB1 average since 2008. Like that, it just wasn't, it was great because CMC was hurt, but CMC's RB1 season, he's putting up 30 points and, and you know, the Damian Tomlinson, it's like, it's like you have that kind of like, should all MVP trophies be the same MVP trophies, right? Because some MVP trophies definitely are more valuable than others. Some MVP trophies are the greatest seasons of all time. Like the one Jokic got recently, correct? Yes. <laughs> like, legit. The one and that he should have got twice in a row. Got was not. That's what I'm, right? Like, legit, though. And, and that's kind of what I mean is it's it was an RB1 overall season, and it was RB1 in points per game, but it wasn't an elite RB1 season by any means. And it would have ranked like 163rd in the all-time RB1 overall finishes. So as in far as points per game, like, you know, players that finish in the top 12. And, and last season was dreadfully disappointing for the consensus RB1 and ADP. Like, we – Touted it on last year's heat wave with the Colts. Like Jonathan Taylor should not be selected first overall. And he suited up for only 11 games, missed six. So obviously that's going to hurt. But then when healthy averaged 13.3 points per game, which was RB 17. And that's obviously the lowest total of his three-year career, but lack of volume is going to hurt with Anthony Richardson, obviously taking rush attempts. Otherwise, if you guys don't think Anthony Richardson is going to get rush attempts, why are you drafting him in the first place? So that's definitely going to hurt with Shane Steichen running that RPO system that we talked about in the offensive outlook as well, that made Jalen Hurts super elite, but absolutely nuked Miles Sanders ceilings to these like unpredictable breakouts because of how efficient he was. And then Taylor wasn't, overly efficient last year and he was never overly efficient in his rb1 overall season he was super efficient as a rookie but then volume met the apex of 
incredible efficiency in a sophomore season, still produced elite numbers, but not with elite efficiency. Last year was 68th in points per opportunity, 58th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, 37th in yards per touch, 40th in yards created per touch. And that's what Jonathan Taylor is known for is like creating more than what is given. And he did little to improve that lack of efficiency with any receiving upside. And now in that RPO system, you don't see them check down to running backs that's literally taken out of the scheme so that the quarterback can keep the ball, right? Like it's it's a tough outlook for Jonathan Taylor with me. And also an offensive line that continues to be ranked fairly high, especially with PFF um, season and season, yet all of the player grades continue to decline. Like Quentin Nelson was essentially a non-factor as far as a Pro Bowl offensive guard is concerned last season. And injuries are hurting him and in his career as well. Like no detriment to his legacy or his overall player. He's still one of the best offensive linemen that have ever lived. And when he's healthy, he still will be. But you can't guarantee those things either and now it's a new offensive unit that's going to need time to gel with each other and it's just for me Jonathan Taylor is definitely a guy I think they're going to need to lean on but in an offensive outlook that even last year with really poor coaching I think could take a potential step back in points per game um it's not great and I don't love him off the board as RB3 behind CMC like even in redraft I want Jameer Gibbs over Jonathan Taylor and I've talked about it a bunch of times I want that in Dynasty as well Whoa! Because I'm the tailor. Uh, that's a I mean, that's I a take, bold. That's a bold. I take one. Tony Pollard easily over. Yeah, Tony and I mean, Taylor. I'm not saying obviously in the same ADP. There's there's a much different value gap in well dynasty. It's about eight picks. Obviously, it's a few rounds in redraft. But I like that's my thing. Is I'm not I'm not going hero or seesaw running back with Jonathan Taylor as my first running back. I'm not doing it. I hear you. I hear that. If I'm going bully RB, then maybe. One thing that you definitely brought up that I think is uh, underrated is we've seen the like the running quarterback. Uh, let's use Lamar Jackson because he's the prototype of uh, the running quarterback right now. We've seen the running back in that system not get the dump offs, mm-hmm. and that always hurts their value. Always is it's just uh, season after season is the same thing, and that's that scares me. That scares me very much. If Gardner Minshew was back there, I'd be like, hell yeah, he's going to throw it to Jonathan Taylor nine times a game. Um, but that's not the case for True. Anthony Richardson. Um, speaking of the guys that Anthony Richardson is going to be throwing to, or Gardner Minshew, uh, early in the season, who um, are you looking at here, Michael? Michael Pittman last year, uh, he was one of your favorite fades. Michael spent the maybe yeah. 73% of the offseason <laughs> shitting on Michael Pittman last year, and he was correct about it. Um, do you feel the same way this year? Are you looking to take a little bit of a – because it seems yeah. as though the fantasy community is, is not really out on him. He's still he's still getting drafted well, pretty high. Yeah, not not necessarily super high. Look, last season as I was very high vocal. as last year, don't get me wrong. Well, not even close, but – Not even close. Yeah, he, I was very vocal last season about him being one of my biggest fades. I didn't think the late second, early third made sense for a guy in his – in his situation with the talent that he has. I just, I don't see him being an alpha wide receiver, like to that extent. And obviously he didn't meet the ADP. He ended up with 99 receptions, 925 yards and four touchdowns, which was a far cry from what people expected. Um, he dropped in yards by over a hundred from the year, from the prior year and caught two less touchdowns compared to 2021 as well, despite seeing 12 more tar- targets and catching 11 more balls. The Colts turned Pittman <clears throat> into a, 
possession receiver. His A dot dropped from 8.8 to 6.9. He had just eight big plays compared to 13 in 2021. He also saw a drastic drop in downfield targets. He was still targeting the red zone a bunch, which is nice. But even that did not do much for him. He was 32nd in true target value, so he did outplay that, ending 22nd in points per game. He was also top 15 in position and target share, which is always a nice boost. But his ADP has dropped drastically, currently going as wide receiver 34 on both underdog oh, and FFPC right now. That's why I can't stop drafting him then. I was going to yeah. say, mate, I didn't I, when you say I know you kids keep like yelling that, at me but... for for my ADP. Like right. My ADP, he's nowhere near that. In the, I'm looking at expert consensus rankings rather than ADP. Which is you guys are have the more, different. but that ADP is uh, how can you avoid him? Yeah. He's like staring you in the face. It's because yeah. worst case scenario, Anthony Richardson plays like a rookie who's way in over his head, like Malik Willis last season, for example. Or Anthony Richardson ends up a competent passer right away, which be a, would be a huge advancement from what we saw last season um, at Florida. So what can we really expect? Like, even if he's at Justin Fields, rookie level of passing, Justin Fields was an atrocious love, uh, passer as a rookie. And that would probably be like, wow, Anthony Richardson has made all these big strides. I would personally prefer Gardner Minshew at the starting QB for these wide receivers. Like if Minshew was a starting quarterback and Pittman was going wide receiver 34, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm drafting Michael Pittman all day. But with Anthony Richardson expected to be the guy you got to expect another rush-heavy season. Tim was talking about passing yards. I don't see Anthony Richardson surpassing even like 3,000 passing yards. I think that would even be uh, would be hugely surprising to me. So the market has rightfully moved Pittman down their ranks. Still, with the way with the with the ADP at wide receiver 34, if you want to draft him there, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, I do think he'll still have wide receiver three games. He still is going to command a bunch of targets. He's going to still going to be a top 15% target share guy. The question is, how many targets is 15%? I mean, excuse me, not 15%. How many targets is a top, um, like a top 15 wide receiver in target share going to receive from Anthony Richardson, right? That's the issue. And then you got Alec Pierce, who's going off the board outside the top 65 wide receivers. Alec Pierce, if Gardner Minshew was there, I'd like Alec Pierce too at that ADP for best ball. With Anthony Richardson, a lot more questionable. Alec Pierce had a solid rookie season, showed flashes of being a legitimate downfield threat, but now it's questionable with the way that quarterback room is looking. And then Josh Downs is more of a dynasty asset, as maybe uh, Matt will get into him a bit later. I don't know who his uh, dynasty stash is, but we'll see. But yeah, so I'm. I think they're. They're decent picks right now. Like, I wouldn't blame you for taking Pierce in best ball drafts either, but it would certainly be uh, – I'd certainly like them better if Gardner Minshew was the starting quarterback. Yeah. I, I concur. It's it's hard to be excited about the Colts fans. But, but I, I think that's – I think Mike nailed it specifically with that. He's definitely going to finish higher than wide receiver 33 in, in targets. <laughs> so if you want to that, – that's an upside opportunity place to take a shot on him. Speaking of taking a shot, are there tight ends the, to discuss oh. here? <laughs> we're we're about to find out. I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Yeah, there I, are. You, you know what? Yeah, you know, you know what? I'm I'm gonna talk a little Moali, right? Because Moali Cox, he's not that exciting, okay? Um, and he might get taken over. So I'm just gonna roll this right over into Matt because his stash is the guy that is the real guy to talk about. Yeah, so man. I'm, ahead, I'm not. I I do love Josh Downs and Josh Downs produced insane target shares in 
an amazing production. Um, but he's not more of a stash. Like you're going to have to draft him probably in the second round and he'll be 100% rostered in dynasty leagues. But somebody that just is not getting enough love and is not 100% rostered is Jelani Woods. And I mean, look, I wouldn't even necessarily peg Woods as a sleeper. It's hard to find sleepers in a very succinct offense like this when there's not a lot of weapons, right? And like you look at guys like Dante Jackson and stuff, like you're not really taking any upside swings on them. But Woods is very affordable, and his name is certainly known about in most dynasty circles, but his roster percentage sit around the low mid-70s on sleeper and around 80s on my fantasy league. And I'll concede, like, he's not your stereotypical deep stash. He's certainly a stash for this season, though, because, like, he's not going to – nobody's really going to produce in this offense for pass catchers. But Jelani Woods just – he checks all the boxes. And I think his production and potential will meet an apex together. They're just not going to meet that road in, in that fork this season. Look, he's look, he's 6'7". <laughs> he's 252 pounds, and he has 95th athletic scores – or 95th percentile athletic scores across the board. He boasts one of the most impressive relative athletic scores in NFL Combine history. It was first overall until it got broken this year. Uh, so it's second overall all now. He's very raw. He's inexperienced. He didn't see many snaps, but he ranks ahead of everybody on the depth chart. And he had some pretty good, like borderline elite almost in some categories, uh, peripheral stats, albeit small sample size, 12th in fantasy points per route, 12th in fantasy points per target, 8th in yards per reception, 15th in yards per route run, 14th in yards per target. And he did so at an average depth of target of 14 yards. So Jelani Woods can definitely work downfield. And one of my favorite stats of him is he caught more touchdowns in his first two career NFL games than Kyle Pitts has caught in his entire NFL career. Boom. Facts only. Boom. That is all. AFC South. So we should be done. drafting Woods over Kyle Pitts. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I actually love me some Kyle Pitts this year, man. I'm about to, uh, I'm gonna go yeah, it's finally Kyle cheap Pitts. enough where I'm really in on Kyle Pitts again. And it's year three. <laughs> year three breakout for the tight end. Uh, we'll get more into that when we get into our NFC South breakdown. But for now, uh, we will come back to you tomorrow with a division to be named later. I'm not going to tell you guys. It's going to be a secret. It's going to be a surprise. I hope you're surprised. Uh, at BrotoFF Tim, at BrotoFF Mike, at uh, PsychWardFF, at BrotoFF Jason, at BrotoFF Casanova. Can't for, I've been forgetting those guys. Can't forget those guys. Um, the Army, bro. At BrotoF, at, at Broto Fantasy, at FF by Broto uh, for the app. The app, of course, BrotoFantasy.com, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy. Oh, my goodness. So many things. So many things. BrotoFantasy.com itself. Forget about that. Uh, it's been a pleasure. See you. Later. Peace.